Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Screen Geeks Radio, episode 138. This is Dave. This is Barry. This is the half-white guy from Das Racist. <laughs> wow. That, that's a good obscure reference, sir. Well done. Well done. Um, I don't even know what to say after that. It just kind of derailed me a little bit. Oh, well. It's all good. Um, <laughs> awkward, awkward pause. Yeah. And continue. And... <sighs> We're back. This week we're talking about our uh, our well, the the Oscar nominations. I don't know if we're ready to predict quite yet, but we'll, oh, we'll, we'll see. I'll predict. We'll make predictions. All right, cool. All right. But until before we get to all that, let's go ahead and talk about what we watched this week. Um, I'm trying to think if I watched anything besides Castle and Burn Notice, and really no. It's so good TV day. It is. It is. We're getting caught up on that like crazy. And I've been working on the UK version of the Screen Geeks website like crazy. Uh, it's looking pretty stinking decent right now. I showed you the 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 prototype before we started recording. It doesn't look too bad. So. Once that gets done, then I'll start working on rebuilding the U.S. version to look the same, and I'm hoping within the next week or two be updated completely. So Terrific. Um, yeah, there's my not-so-geeky week. Ethan, why don't you go, since I know you don't have a whole heck of a lot. Uh, I uh, I saw Mike Lee's new film, Another Year, which oh. was absolutely fantastic. Great. I I am so pissed I didn't get to see this before we made our lists. But, uh, yeah, I, I love this film. It's... Uh, it chronicles these uh, two people played by Jim Broadbent and Ruth Sheen as basically a year in their life. And they're this happy old married couple. And you see uh, their 30 year old son. And most importantly, they have this friend played by Leslie Manville, who's like this 50 year old depressed divorced woman. Who's like a, a total alcoholic and she hits on their son. And uh, there's this scene in the movie where, you know, in the Simpsons, that episode where Ralph likes Lisa. Yeah. And, uh, Bart uh, rewinds the video of you see the exact moment where his heart breaks. <laughs> There's nice. a scene like that in this movie, and uh, Le- Leslie Manville's performance in it is stunning. And I, the fact that she didn't get nominated is such a joke. And again, uh, Mike Lee's filmmaking in it is fantastic. Like a lot of people will just say, well, you know, he doesn't move the camera around, so it's not good. But. Like, uh, there's these things he does, subtle things he does, even just with shot, reverse shot that are interesting. And um, the final segment of the film, this winter segment, uh, uh, it is so stunning. It reminded me of an Ozu film, the way it was paced and shot. Wow. It's just, it's an amazing film. Yeah. Fantastic. We just got it in Denver. I'm sure you'll see it with a lot of senior citizens. <laughs> Is is that what, where your Twitter post came from? That only old people have good taste in movies. Yeah, I find whenever I go, go to movies lately, it's always just me and old people. Not necessarily. I mean, I'd rather see it with, with geriatrics than like you know with a thirteen year old with a Twitter account and, and you know texting during during the entire film. There's that. This so. is true. This is true. Anything else, Ethan? Uh, oh, I uh, just today I watched Todd Salon's storytelling for the first time ever. How is that? I've never seen it. I liked it. Uh, I, I, in fact, I really liked it. It's sort of like he's commenting on his work. I found like it was a kind of a meta film and in an interesting way. And uh, I'd say I'd say it's worth seeing. Also, John Goodman is ridiculously awesome in it. So yeah, see it. Did you see the R-rated version or the version that had like the the pink bubble over uh, the offending moment? I uh, saw the unrated cut. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't know what in it would be particularly... I guess there's one scene, but even that, I feel like I've seen worse stuff than R-rated movies, but whatever. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting. All right. Cool. Well, I guess, Barry, I guess you can you, you can 
pick up the slack or we've got plenty to talk about. It's all oh, good. Oh, no, yeah. There's, I'll just name a couple. Um, I, I did manage to see Universal Soldier Regeneration. Uh, this is the third in the series. And, of course, this is with uh, um, Dolph Lundgren and Jean-Claude Van Damme. I uh, this it's it's not as bad as it could have been, but it's definitely not as good as you'd hope. Um, it it takes itself so stone faced seriously. I think that's one of the problems with it. <laughs> it's like this angsty existential Universal Soldier movie, which you know the first one wasn't that. Even the stupid asinine sequel, Universal Soldier: Return, was more fun. Like this movie isn't fun. It, like it takes itself too seriously. What works, of course, are the fight scenes. When Dolph and Van Damme finally do duke it out late in the movie, it's definitely worth the wait. It's a heck of a fight scene. The movie opens up with a really well done uh, uh, chasing. Like there's there's all these things about the movie that are, that are definitely worthwhile for the faithful. But like it's it's about three or four notches below being something like The Expendables, where like the whole movie. You know, it's fun, and and you know, I could recommend it because it's fun. This is worth seeing for like the diehard Universal Soldier fans. If there's like two of them, yeah, out I was gonna there. say, are, are, is yeah. there a market for those? Apparently, they made this movie, but uh, anyway, yeah. So it's not great, not bad. It's just kind of in the middle. Um, I would say the same thing about Ivan Reitman's new movie, uh, No Strings Attached. Um, it's uh, it's not as funny as it should be. It's really cold and mean spirited for the first hour, and then it actually becomes like this ripoff when Harry met Sally for like the the second hour, which is probably a better idea. But it it wastes this extraordinary cast. I mean, unfortunately, you know, you have Ashton Kutcher in every scene, but then there's Carrie Always, who kind of wanders in and out of every scene. He has like I think three lines of dialogue. He's third build on the film. <laughs> he's this doctor. He's got he's covered by this huge like like Oakley Brother Boys beard and and glasses, and you ba- you don't even know it's him the whole movie. I don't know what's worse, the fact that he's like starring in Saw 3D and, and you know going down with the ship and giving a terrible performance in this big movie, or the fact that he's in No Strings Attached and like most people won't even be aware that he's even in the film, and yet he's like second build. So. Um, That's sad. Saw Sexy Beast, finally. Wonderful movie. Great crime film. Totally enjoyed it. Uh, I saw that recently. Uh, it, it, was, it was a lot weirder than I expected. Yes, yeah, very, very playful, uh, um, and I like that it, it actually has a really good sense of humor. And I loved Ray Winston. I mean, like uh, such a such a soul to that character, which which I was not expecting because he's you know he, of course he could play the gritty the gritty tough guy, but I, I just loved. I thought it was such a beautiful beautiful soul of a, a character. Um, wondered why I hadn't heard from that director again, Jonathan Glazer, because I thought Sexy Beast was really an indication of something really awesome coming, and then, of course, it's because he followed it up with Birth with Nicole Kidman, so that's why. I've been been meaning to see that, actually. It's It's interesting. It's it's faux Kubrick. It really wants to be a Kubrick movie. Yeah, it's definitely worth talking about. Definitely. So, yeah, when you see it, we'll definitely talk about it. There's a lot to talk about there. Um, He's he's a lot of good music videos, too. I'd recommend checking those out. Oh, yeah? Like, which ones? I can name off the top of my head for some reason, but uh, okay. actually, this one I think this Radiohead one he did, and this one for Uncle that's pretty awesome. Sweet. Okay. Well, hey, when you when you see Birth, we'll definitely talk about Jonathan Glazer then. Sweet. Um, uh, real quick, B movies I caught uh, B movie uh, drive-in movie watch on the drive-in channel. I caught Roger Corman's The Wasp Woman, one of the many Roger Corman movies that cannot live up to its awesome poster. Because what is the Wasp Woman? It's a woman in a Halloween mask who jumps out at you in the dark. It's that bad. The score oh. has been completely recycled from Roger Corman's The Little Shop of Horrors. Nothing to recommend this movie. Not good. On the other hand, currently streaming on Netflix. I don't even think this thing is on uh, DVD yet. Um, Alice Cooper's Monster Dog. Monster Dog is this unholy mixture. Uh, it stars Alice Cooper. It is a music video, a western, and a monster movie. It's bad, but it's everything you want in a bad movie. 
and Alice Cooper gives like this Jeff Goldblum esque performance. Um, yeah, so not good, but I but I worthwhile. And finally, sorry, the last one I, I really want to mention this one because I love this film. John Huston's The Night of the Iguana. Um, over uh, Christmas break, Jules and I got to go to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, where a lot of this film was shot. Um, the movie's in black and white. It, it stars Richard Burton as this preacher gone bad. The opening scene is him basically confessing to his flock that he's had this infidelity and basically chases them out of the church. It's one of the most powerful and cringe-inducing scenes I think I've ever seen. Um, the movie is shocking and nutty and weird and darkly comic and brilliant. I think it's one of John Huston's best films. Very cool. Right on. Well, then, uh, shall we go ahead and talk about what uh, is, what came out this past weekend? Yes, currently the number one movie in America. Uh, Anthony Hopkins chewing up the scenery and loving it in the right. And also opening, I think it's way uh, further down on the top ten list, uh, the critically destroyed Jason Statham, Ben Foster team up the mechanic. Rightfully so. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> and then opening a limited release of IP Man 2. And uh, from Prada to Nada, which lived up to its title, it made Nada over the weekend. All right, then. Do you want to talk about the mechanic, Dave? Oh, if I really have to. It, you know, it, it really it said it all, and I feel so bad. You know, when, I really wanted to like this movie. That's the first thing I need to say. I really wanted to like this movie. I wanted to see it because it looked like Jason Statham kicking butt and taking names and just having a good old time. And the studio rep saw me walking out. All right, here we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> that The look on my face, that's how bad this movie is. It starts off quite promising uh, it starts off feeling kind of like it wants to be like a throwback kind of like the bank job was huh. but to the the grittier 70s revenge films uh, very the violence is incredibly brutal in this movie so there's that it has that going for it because it's very it, it is statham kicking butt in those scenes but like ben foster ben foster is probably the best actor in the entire film sure uh statham deserves better material that's really what it comes down to donald sutherland was completely wasted I'd mention the plot, but there really isn't one. Hmm. Uh, at the end of the movie, I'm sitting there watching the ending, and I'm like, I missed something. This ending is supposed to be awesome. I'm missing some deeper meaning. And I'm sitting right next to Christian Toto, who leans over and says, is it just me, or did that ending make zero sense? <laughs> and I just, yep, I'm, I'm not alone. Okay. Man, what a shame. Cool trailer. Yeah, there, I will say there's one death, incredibly creative, He's fighting a guy in a bus, like a like a like an airport shuttle bus, and right when you think he's gonna like slam him into a, like a plate or you know you know slam him into a grill and kill him, he throws him out a window just in time for another car a car to roll over him. But instead of it just rolling over him, they go to the detail of showing a blood spot on the headlight as it's driving by. Like it's all done in the same frame. It flies out, hits, and the car's driving by, and there's like this blood spot where the where the head hit. It's just very creative. <laughs> But there's also digital blood on the level of Live Free or Die Hard, the unrated cut, where they digitally inserted the blood. Yeah. It's just, this movie's a waste. Mm. It, yeah. Dollar Theater, Redbox, sure, go for it. But I wouldn't put serious money into this movie. This is one of those movies that made me actually think about the fact that I spent more time on the road going to it and coming home than actually uh, in the theater. That stinks. When, when yeah, when that's what you focus on, no, I totally agree. That's a yeah. waste so, of yeah, time. Don't, don't, don't bother. Don't, don't waste your money. All right. Well, this week, uh, release on DVD, you've got Disney's classic Alice in Wonderland, Painting the Roses Red, can't beat that movie, Sam Rockwell and Hilary Swank in Conviction, uh, a movie that Ethan and I will continue to fight about to the end of time, let me in, <laughs> more on that later, Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2, um, because, well, there's more money to be made from that franchise. Th- that's a movie that's screened <laughs> to have the subtitle, Your Sister's a Werewolf. <laughs> I'm just Seri- saying. Yeah, exactly, it fit. Uh, Mark Romanek's wonderful, although very hard to watch, uh, Never Let Me Go. Great film, tough movie. 
uh, Monsters, one of my favorite films of last year. The Tillman Story, the stirring documentary about Pat Tillman, now available on DVD. Hatchet 2, the film that was pulled from theaters for being too shocking. I wish they would do that to more films that are so-called more shocking. Available on (laughs) Blu-ray this week, All About Eve, one of the best films ever made. Love this film with Betty Davis, a shocking, weird film. And a movie I'm sure that's gorgeous on Blu-ray, Pleasantville. Man Alive. How awesome is that going to be? I hope if they do it right. That deserves to pop. Seriously, that's going to be awesome. Um, Welcome to the Rileys, starring James Gandolfini and Kristen Stewart. Further proof that if it's not Twilight, nobody's seeing it. Uh, and speaking of the movie, well, actually, got one more. Uh, Taylor Hackford's Ray available on Blu-ray. You know, I I love Hackford's movies, but this is not a movie I think that's going to look especially good on Blu-ray, just because it's one of his most ugly films, kind of visually. But I don't, a lot of, yeah. Anyway, uh, and then finally, a movie I think Dave and I singled out easily, easily for the for the crap title of the week, which is the the sequel nobody asked for, and when they finally gave it to us, it wasn't the one we wanted. Mean Girls Two, starring Tim Meadows. Yeah, yeah. Duh. There you go. All right. Okay. Um, shall we just move on to some news then? Let's do it. Just kind of cranking through this. Yeah, Did you have any news you wanted to bring up in particular, Ethan? No, not really. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm deferring to Ethan because you sound awesome, sir, but he's actually talking to us from his iPhone because there's issues with, with network stuff at home. So Yeah, proves technology works. You sound great. No kidding. No kidding, sir. All right. Um, do you want to bounce back and forth then with news? Yeah. I've got quite a few stories too. Okay. Go ahead, sir. I'll let you kick it off. Uh, a lot of interesting updates on Ridley Scott's Prometheus, one that it exists in the Alien universe, but it's not necessarily a direct sequel to or prequel to Alien. It stars Michael Fassbinder and Numi Rapace from, uh, probably saying her name wrong, what the heck, she's the wonderful star of the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, this film just sounds more and more interesting. I think this is really going to be the Alien prequel, sequel, whatever that we were hoping that Ridley Scott would make it sounds more interesting and certainly stranger than, than than simply okay it's with aliens again and Sigourney Weaver again so great Seven cast ten. great movie yeah exactly <laughs> sorry so, okay no, thank you absolutely uh, I've got um, since you brought up Alice in Wonderland there's actually a coupon if you're a member of Disney Movie Rewards that will get you 10 bucks off the Blu-ray DVD combo which brings it down to like 15 10 15 bucks this week so well worth finding DisneyMovieRewards.com great get an account it's all good the trailer for Soul Surfer is out. This is a film I had the privilege of seeing back in January, and I think the filmmakers would be all too happy that I'm spouting it out. I like this film a lot. It stars Anna Sophia Robb. She plays Bethany Hamilton. Of course, you all know her as the surfer. Very gifted young surfer girl who, uh, well, her, her arm was bitten off by a shark, and she learned not only how to live life as an amputee, but she learned a completely new way how to surf in order to accommodate the, uh, the difference in weight distribution. Um, this is a really good film. It also stars Helen Hunt and Dennis Quaid. It's a fu- it's a great family movie. And it's one of the best films I think for teenage girls in a long time. And I know that this sounds like a backhanded uh, compliment, but no, it's actually a very good film. The trailer is up, and it gives you a very good I- idea of the kind of film that it is. So I'd say check it out. The film right. opens in April. Very cool. Right on. Uh, I've got another bit, another DVD deal for the week. This one uh, I think is going all week long. But Best Buy has a bunch of movies uh, on Blu-ray for ten bucks this week. Including the combo pack of Kick-Ass, the combo pack of The Expendables, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Daybreakers. Wow. Uh, it, there's a really impressive list out there. If you if you follow us on Facebook, you already have the deal sitting in front of you. But deal really and Dave good. is your man. That's all Indeed. I got to say. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a deal for uh, Barnes & Noble that expires today. So, yeah, you should check us on, on Facebook just because you won't miss some deals otherwise. Uh, Superman has been cast, it seems. Henry Cavill has been cast as the Man of Steel in the Zack Snyder rehash of uh, the 
Classic Series. Kind of sad. Now uh, Brandon Routh is officially the George Lazenby of this of this franchise. Um, I guess we'll see. And you know what? Stay tuned for the inevitable episode where Dave and I look at him in the outfit and go, okay, that, that looks like a good movie. It looks like they got the suit right. You know, the whole nerdy... <laughs> Yeah, and you'll be, Barry will be like, man, he has been to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. You know what's coming. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm only going to bring up one more story until I bring up the final one. But I, I, have you heard about this movie that's filming in Colorado? It's called eight, 476 AD. No. It is Colorado's version of The Room. <laughs> it's a Roman epic filmed mostly in a guy's apartment with green screens. Oh, no. The outdoor shots are that spot downtown. With all the columns and everything. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. about the library? <laughs> yes. Like, I will show you the trailer when we go to break. <laughs> okay. But this is freaking epic. What's it called again? 476 AD. 476 AD. Oh, I'm going to write that it down. It looks like it might have love scenes that rival the room. Oh, I'm sweet. not sure. It, it looks... Wow. I have oh. some friends. I'm not going to out my friends who went who went to, in, <laughs> and went on there, but they, they went on the set, and the producer <laughs> went out of his way. The first thing he said was, okay, this isn't the room. But everything they saw, they're like, yeah, it's totally the room. Wow. Excellent. Well, Godspeed. I hope they finish that film soon. I want to see it. Yes. Oh, wait till you see the trailer. Oh, you won't be. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, The Dark Tower is currently being cast, although no specific word, and it's specifically for the role of, of, uh, of Roman, the, the, Ronan, the, uh, the gunslinger, but Christian Bale, Javier Bardem, and Viggy Mortensen. Viggy, sorry, Viggo Mortensen. Shame <laughs> on me. What a, what a lack of respect. Viggy, my boy. Sorry, Viggo. Um, they're All currently are. up for roles in The Dark Tower, and I think that's a great choice. They definitely, just just the three of those guys, stuff I think have like the look and the brute force that that I, kind I of film needs. I think Bale needs to get away from the franchises you do yeah because i mean i like what he brought to batman i mean let's face it terminator was not the best best choice but i don't know know. guess we'll find out we'll see we'll see all right good Oh, me? Okay. Uh, Brian De Palma, his new film Passion, films in August. It stars Ludovine Segnier. I'm sure I also jacked up her name. Ludovine, 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 I think it's Ludovine Segnier. She is the star of Swimming Pool, Enough Said, and she's starring in a Brian De Palma movie. Imagine the possibilities. Isn't this up there and with, the film with, is called Passion. I can't wait to see this. Isn't film. this up there with like Pattinson doing the Cronenberg movie? No, yeah. no, 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 no. She's good. She okay. starred in Swimming Pool. She is. What I'm getting at is that she's just ridiculously sexy and incredibly talented. Incredibly talented. She's also. She played. She's probably best known for playing Tinkerbell in the 2003 Peter Pan, which I liked and no one else did. Um, but that she's was an a awesome real, movie. Thank you. Dude. Thank you. I agree. I thought it was one of the best films of the year. P.J. Hogan directed it. Thank you, Dave. I completely agree. Anyway, she is the star of the new De Palma film. So uh, I, I can't wait to see it. This is De Palma's first movie since Redacted, which no one saw. Um, I don't know. Ethan, you excited about this? Or? Yep. <laughs> Excellent. All right. There it is. All right. Are, are, all right. Is it all your news? Last story? No, last story. Um, we don't normally do this on this show. In fact, I don't think we've ever done this on the show. Um, but I actually do officially want to put it on APB. Apparently, uh, and uh, please treat this seriously, listeners. This is this is a crime issue that the authorities are currently looking into. Apparently, uh, Summit Entertainment sent a final cut DVD copy of The Beaver to Mel Gibson, put it in his mailbox. He watched it, was happy with it, put it in his mailbox for the courier to pick it up. And apparently someone stole The Beaver. Someone has stolen Mel Gibson's copy of The Beaver. So, listeners, Crime Stoppers out there, if you know anything, uh, please, please, this is this is not funny. This must be taken seriously. Um, the culprit must be caught. Somebody has stolen Mel Gibson's Beaver. There it is. Oh, goodness me. 
All right, and the final news story, because this is something we really... This is something we should talk about. It's going to be a very interesting discussion. Kevin Smith and Red State uh, premiered the film at Sundance. Getting mixed reviews, positive reviews, yeah. negative reviews. It's kind very of all over mixed. the map. Yeah. Um, he's making more news, I think, for the fact that he kind of spent a half hour flipping off the entire <laughs> current studio system. Um, did you watch this video, Ethan? I did. And uh, something I want to bring up, like I don't think this is a bad idea i think it's an interesting idea but something he brought up he says every like studio spends 20 million marketing a movie what like do you think ifc spent 20 million marketing enter the void <laughs> well devin ferrazzi brought that up in his whole column well yeah i'm saying it's like he kevin he's just thinking within like the fox searchlight weinstein focus features indie he's not thinking you know the ifc think films magnolia you know he can just think a little smaller not like he isn't going to be with you know the big league uh, specialty divisions. He has to be realistic, you know. But still, whatever. I'm happy about this, and, and I agree with you. And I think you know whether it's foolhardy or whether it's brilliant. I think it's it's it, it's an interesting choice, and I'm glad he's doing it this way because it, it makes the film interesting all of a sudden. Um, There's no way I'm paying seventy five dollars to go see the movie though. That's I'm actually, just not happening. I'm actually going. Are you? I'm going, yeah. So I will, I will give you a full report okay, on March cool. 22nd, I think. Yeah, so you bought your ticket. I'm going. All right, is Jules going with you? No. Hell, <laughs> hell no. No, I'm, that's going to be a lonely night for me. Um, Anyway, no, I uh, I think this makes Kevin Smith interesting in a way he hasn't been interesting, and I think, in a while. Um, and I'll be completely honest. For me, like I think this will kind of be my make-or-break take on Kevin Smith I haven't been in love with the movie he made for about ten years now, and I've kind of been on the fence with him for about for years, really. Um, but whether even if the movie stinks, and there's an excellent possibility that could, that could be the case, I'm interested in this strategy. I like that he has people talking about these issues, even issues that he may not know anything about, but thinks he does. You think? And, and you know, what? I I think this is great. I love the discussions that are coming up out of this, and you know. And yeah, he's definitely overstating. Not every movie has a twenty million dollar marketing budget. My gosh, of course not. Um, but I do love that that this is being brought up because it is true that that a lot of these movies do have that kind of strategy. Um, anyway, this is this is somewhere between you know him like you know lighting a fart on fire you know and and running off and he and this is somewhere between him actually doing something worthwhile like like what he did with Dogma. I think this is bringing up really interesting stuff, but it's it's also. It's also kind of a juvenile, angry, independent filmmaker prank. It absolutely is. I think the, the, my biggest problem is he's act, he said several times in the video, if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know what? You don't have over you know 350,000 people who listen to your podcast every week. You don't have a heart. Most independent filmmakers don't have that hardcore of a fan base, so you can't just four-wall it around, charge $75 a ticket, and people are going to come. I think it depends on like you know obviously like in like i we talked about this before dave and yeah. i know like i was saying like okay like obviously if jj abrams did this for super eight i think like that would really get yeah, people worked up but obviously he's not going to because he doesn't need to yeah um but it's something like ink you know obviously that would that really would have helped ink i think but you have to get the money to be able to do it in the first place and yeah. you and you have to count on if they're if you're talking about doing zero marketing how are you going to get the word out about a movie that no one knows about and fill the fill the seats. Don't you think it's though easier though in the internet age to do something like this than it was like say twenty years ago? You know, I hate to say it, but I'll bring up the screening from UCCS. Okay. How many people did we have show up? Uh, not many. <laughs> and we pimped everywhere we possibly yes, could. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. You know, and I'm glad. And the people who showed up loved it. They got the word out, and it's yes. part of the grassroots movement. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that it's a viable <laughs> strategy for for truly independent filmmakers. 
especially the guys who are just starting out trying to get their thing out there. Granted, and there was something else that happened this weekend at, at, D, at DU. I didn't get to go to it. Tom Shadiak, the director, I think he did Bruce Almighty and uh, and Dragonfly, and I think one of the Ace Ventura movies. He made a personal film called I Am. And apparently, this is about his spiritual journey. I believe the guy's a Christian. But he made this film, and he's been going from college to college showing it. And that's also what um, Spike Jones did for Synecdoche, New York. He actually went to the University of Boulder and screened it. Um, anyway, I bring these points up because, like, obviously those kinds of things don't, like, bring people pouring, you know, in mass. But I think it's an interesting way to get the word out there. And, frankly, I would rather this than just the generic red state website um, that, like, vanishes after the movie opens, you know? I Absolutely. think this is more interesting than that. And, and I understand what, what he's doing. It's the giant FU to everything that helped him get to where he is right now. I understand the, the studio system is absolutely flawed. It absolutely is. There's no doubt about it. But it's just kind of like, you know, he's talking about, we're gonna, after this, I'm going to retire after I hit somebody, which who knows if anyone actually even buys that. But he's like, now I'm going to start putting out your movies. And it's so hard to start your own label. Just because you say it's good doesn't mean anything. I mean, I've mentioned this before. I mean, Vulgar, it made 15 grand at the box office. Yippee. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, I haven't seen Vulgar. Um, Marty has, and I have it on good authority. That's a terrible movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (coughs) That's a very good point. So it's, it's an interesting thing. I'm curious to see where it goes. I honestly do wish Kevin Smith all the best in the world because he's made films that have resonated very deeply with me sure I'm only love fall down love with like two two of his movies but still I really enjoy those films and that's one thing I wanted to ask you about and I, and I think we've talked about this years ago but I just want to ask you this Dave uh, forgive me for putting you on the spot like this but no. like how come you didn't like Chasing Amy I liked it the first time but I, I came I went and revisited it probably about a year ago or so yeah. and it just seems so flippin' juvenile I don't know why but it just really it just really caught, caught it caught me incredibly wrong I got about 10 minutes into it and I'm like I just don't just the care about the nonstop profanity movie. and the Frank sex talk. Or? Well, it, it, it was, it, it, and it is Kevin Smith. You know, it's it, there's going to be swearing, there's going to be sex talk. I don't know. There was just something about it that just caught me wrong. Because you know what, I love Clerks too, which is way worse in so many ways. Sure. I mean, you know, it does have some of the best parts. You know, Tracer! You know, you know some of the best stuff ever. But. Well, this is my favorite. This is one of my favorite love stories. I mean, I love Chasing Amy. That's the movie that made me a Kevin Smith fan. So I'm just I'm curious, because I know you've, you've said over the years you don't really like I, it. I, but. I've, I've liked it less and less the more I've watched it. Okay. And it's just it just doesn't resonate with me for some reason. So it's not that I'm saying it's a crappy movie. It's just it didn't connect with me. I don't okay. hate on people who liked it or anything like that. I was just curious. I, I, just curious. I think he... Uh, sorry to if I can chime in here. Please, you want to please. talk? What yes. the heck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I think I love Kevin Smith's dick jokes, but he's like one of the worst visual, like his film, his films just all look so ugly. Like he is probably one of the worst well-known directors in Hollywood. I would, uh, I would begrudgingly agree with you. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'm excited about Red Stakes. It looks like he's actually trying something different in visual approach. Um, but no, I do agree. I mean, like, and, and it's tough because some movies, you know, when it's people talking in a room, obviously, you know, that's that kind of limits your shot options. But, no, you're right because, like, you know, if he does anything poorly, it's scenes with people walking around or in a car. <laughs> that's why I love Chasing Amy because I think the scene in the car between the two of them is so good and the way it's filmed is so potent. Um but no, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that was one of the things about Cop Out. Like, I thought, you know, it's like we could almost, almost give the movie some slack because, well, at least the car chases had coherency. And at least, like, you could see that he was really trying to make it look like 48 hours, even though it wasn't 48 hours um, or another 48 hours. But, like, 
I don't know. Like, I think he's getting better, but I do agree with you, like, especially his early works. I mean, uh, when it's not people sitting down, just talking, sitting around a couch, yeah, it, his shots are incredibly static and soap opera-y, you know, where it's just like, you know, it's a master shot, close up of someone talking, cuts a close up of someone talking, and that's it. Um, and that's one of the reasons, you know, I, I've already said this, I know Dave and you and I have talked about this, like, that's one of the reasons I really wanted him to make his Green Hornet. I really wanted him to have to force himself to challenge himself. I really, yeah. for me, like, you know, yes, there's a lot of stuff in Clerks 2 that are funny. I'll admit to that. And I, I did see it and I did laugh. But, like, for me, that movie is literally like a manifestation of arrested development. Like, I wanted him to go forward and I felt that movie was so, like, no, I'm going to go back to the play, the, the sandbox. Because um, I really want to see him grow as a director. And I think that he is such a strong writer or can be such a strong mm-hmm. writer that he has that potential. Um, and I think he has a lot of potential as a director still. Yes. If he wants yes. to put the work in to do it. Right. So, yeah. And I'm sure we just got on the hate list forever. And oh, I hope well. not. No, because no, I'm like you, man. Like you know, I'm I'm going to this Red State event because I like the guy, and you know, and I feel like I mean, I owe it to him in a sense. I've been a fan of his for a long time. Um, I really want to see this movie be good, and I would really love to see the kind of presentation he's giving. And this is such a unique once in a lifetime sort of thing that even a middle brow director, let alone a fairly well known director, would do. Um, so that's that's really the reason I want to go to this. Um, so no, I, I truly am rooting for the guy. I can't say that I've liked. I I did not like Zach and Mary. Not a fan of Clerks too. I forgot I've even seen Jersey Girl. Um, and you know, I, I kind of what you said, Dave. I mean, like his his one man shows are kind of doing what you've what you've what you've just put. I mean, he's he he loves to burn bridges and he does it well. Yeah. And we enjoy that, but like you know, after a while, like there's going to be only so many bridges left for him to walk on. Well, and. Part of the, the main reason why I'm so anti this, I didn't buy the tickets to see when he came on tour and everything. I'm like, if I really want to see Kevin Smith, I can watch any of the three evening widths. I can listen to the hundred and some odd or however many smodcasts there are. I can listen to a commentary. <coughs> You're going to have a lot of that already yeah. covered. So I don't know. So I think we're all kind of begrudgingly rooting for him. Um, you know, because Red State, I mean, if Red State is a disaster, I mean, if it is a total box office disaster, if it opens up in October and it just like it's gone in a week, um, I think there's a very strong possibility of that because he's not willing to put any money into it, and Kevin Smith money still comes from advertising, kids. But this kind of word of mouth, you know, if I mean, if the movie really does get a reaction, and if Fred Phelps shows up and pickets every single screening, this thing is going to be in the news. And I okay, think, fair enough. I would probably go to that. In that sense, <laughs> in that sense, that's where I'm thinking. Like, you know, there is a chance that this this stunt of his could really. Be build momentum so that by the time it does open in October it does have all this pre-release publicity that even the Paranormal Activity 3 guys weren't counting on. Fair so, enough. I mean wouldn't you want to see a movie that one of the let's face it one of the most unliked jerks in the world hates and is trying to pick it and, and ban from the face of the earth? I know I would. That's an interesting point. So, so are, 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 Is this something that you're looking forward to seeing Ethan? Uh, I'm looking forward to the snacks I'll eat while watching it. <laughs> All right, then. I would be a no. Fair enough. All right. Well, then, uh, shall we go ahead and take a quick break, then? Sure. All right. We will be right back, and we shall talk about the Oscar nominations of 2010. Sue Ellen Greenblatt is a real person, not an internet celebrity. So we've enlisted Billy Flynn and the vicar to help her tell her story. Geek Radio Daily gives me geeky news about movies, new DVD releases, even comics and gaming. Geek Radio Daily makes me feel special. Ah, yeah. Womanly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the episodes are just 15 minutes, perfect for my commute, or for just geeking out while I'm at the office. Mm. All in one concise love package. Ooh, the package, baby. Uh Uh-huh. 
And the best part is that it's a daily cast, so I'm always in the loop. Sometimes I listen to it out of the bath, put on little outfits. Ah! It makes me want to invite all my friends over to show how refreshed I feel. Mm, a slumber party, baby. What? That's not what I said. Get out the chocolate mousse. Duct tape. Oh, get out of here, you freaks. Geek Radio Daily. One 15-minute podcast provides 15% of the USDA-recommended daily allowance of geeky goodness. Subscribe through iTunes or visit geekradiodaily.com. Hey, this is Corin Nemec, and you have tuned in to ScreenGeeks.com. Just because they're geeks does not mean that they're not cool. doesn't mean they are cool either, but, you know, it's left up to your imagination. And we're back to discuss the 2011 Oscar nominations. When is the Oscars? That's the middle. Oh, February. I got it right here. February 27th. There we go. Yay. Yay. All right. Let's just let's just get to it. Um, this is the second year where there are ten needless nominees, ten nominees, a top ten list. I don't know. To be fair, decent list. It's a it's, it is a good list. It is a good list. Um, I think just just about all the good films that came out this year are on the list. A lot of the great ones. So let's start from the beginning. Danny Boyle's 127 Hours, uh, Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan, David O. Russell's The Fighter, Christopher Nolan's Inception, that lady who did The Kids Are All Right. <laughs> whoever she is uh, the kids are alright I didn't like that movie obviously I haven't been following it it's stuck with you I can tell obviously Tom Hooper's The King's Speech I like that film uh, David Fincher's The Social Network Pixar's sorry Pix. it's it's just one name like hundreds of people worked in that film Pixar's Toy Story 3 The Coen Brothers True Grit and Winter's Bone so I'm, I'm sure we all have films that we wish would have been on the list yeah but are any of them egregious? What the heck is this movie doing on the list? Kind of, kind of picks to you. Well, I, I think the kids are all right. Was last year's most overrated and overpraised. Yeah, film. I'd agree with you on that. I haven't seen it, but I was waiting for that to happen. So, yeah. Well, you know, it's like again, I, I want to be very clear about this. I like movies about lesbians. I like movies about <laughs> about gay couples. I like movies about gay married couples. That's not going to be a drop. I want to be. I want to be very clear about this. It's it's not a political correctness thing. I don't think it's an interesting film. Uh, and if this was about and, a straight couple, no one would care. It would be just. And typical. the son's name. The son's name is Laser. <laughs> for sure okay never mind I'm not gonna the performances I think are worth worth pointing out but I really don't think the movie was that sp- I don't think the screenplay was that good um, I didn't think the direction was anything noteworthy yeah so no but beyond that no I mean like I couldn't be happier that Black Swan and Inception and The Social Network and especially Winter's Bone are, are up um, I'll be honest I, I, I just saw this movie the other day and I really wasn't crazy about True Grit and I know that puts really? me in the Armand White category of like, you didn't like it? But uh, no, I really no, didn't. No, no, the Armand White car- category is that Jonah Hex is a better movie than True Grit. Oh, I haven't seen Jonah Hex, so I can't say. No, and I, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> no, I didn't no, hate me. or even really like dislike True Grit. I just, uh, I, I, I think it's one of the least interesting Coen Brothers movies. And I, you know, and I, uh, I shouldn't even say this because I know this is going to get me in trouble. I thought The Fighter was David O. Russell's least interesting movie. I'm not really? The, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of of, okay. uh, of The Fighter, even though I th- it's a good movie, but I didn't think it was up for Best Picture. So. Okay. Was there anything that you were pissed about, Ethan? Uh, I would have liked Blue Valentine to get nominated. But... Yeah, yeah, me too. That would have been nice. It's kind of cool. I've, I've already watched eight of the ten movies for best film, so and I'll be watching The King's Speech. I think this week. Great, great. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I got to see True Grit yesterday. So now, I'm, so now I'm. I've seen the nominees. 
I love Winter's Bone. I love that it's up. It's such a terrific film, and I love that it managed to kind of squeak under under the cracks and hang in there. Because really, I mean, you know, I, I think Ethan's right. Blue Valentine probably would would have been the logical choice, but I love that Winter's Bone is in there. It's great. Yes. So. All right, best actor. We got Javier Bardem for Beautiful. I guess Julia Roberts' campaign to screen the movie for her friends worked. Good job, Miss Roberts. Uh, Jeff Bridges as Rooster Cogburn in True Grit. Jesse Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network. Colin Firth in The King's Speech. And James Franco in 127 Hours. Except for, yeah, a couple of these are, we got three real people and then two fictitious characters. Ryan Gosling not being here really pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm ecstatic that Michelle Williams is up because if I if I were to dare to even like say which of the two gave a better performance, which I know is blasphemy because they're so both so amazing. If she wasn't nominated, I would be really, really, really pissed. Um, but no, I agree with you. Ryan Gosling should have been nominated, especially uh, against um, Javier Bardem, who has an Academy Award, doesn't need an Academy Award. Um, yeah, they're screening Beautiful on Thursday night at the theater I love to go to. I still can't muster up the desire to go see it. No, I've, I've heard that's, that's his, he's a great movie. not good. Do you watch it? Or? What's that? Are they handing out cereal to eat while you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, you do get free popcorn and soda. So uh, it, That's right. It, it is that theater. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just, you know, like a lot of great performances that sometimes are in bad movies, I might have heard that that's the case. It's just the movie does not live up to his work. I'm glad that Franco's up. Franco's great. I think I, I love Eisenberg and Social Network. It's an interesting performance. Um, I mean, right now, Colin Firth is, everybody thinks he's definitely going to get it. Um, but you know what? It's been a long time. It's been t- since Tom Hanks, since we had an actor win an Academy Award for Best Actor two years running. And uh, I don't think Rooster Cogborn is the definitive Jeff Bridges performance, but he was top notch in that film. Yeah, yeah, and I think it would be super cool if he won two years in a row. And I think a lot of Academy members might even share that sentiment because this is the most underrated actor in the world who just finally is getting his appreciation. So, hey, maybe that will make up for like decades of him getting the shaft. <laughs> There's that. Yes, yes. So. All right. Best Supporting Actor. Um, I love this category. Christian Bale for The Fighter, John Hawks, Winter's Bone. Oh, that's great. Jeremy Renner for The Town, yes. Mark Ruffalo, The Kids Who Are All Right, and Jeffrey Rush for The King's Speech. Man, I love that John Hawks was nominated. <laughs> yeah. He rocked that movie. Um, every scene he was in, I thought he was terrifying. In fact, I was amazed to know that. It, oh, they actually found an actor. I thought they just found this guy. And Jeremy Renner, I mean, I thought his performance in The Town was spectacular. I love it that I'm not the only one who thought that. Yeah, it, these are really solid categories. There aren't a whole lot of really daring choices, I don't think, but it's it's still solid. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Bale, you know, Bale looks like, I mean, right now he's the favorite to win, and he's he's terrific in that film. Um, Jeffrey Rush, again, like, I feel like he's an actor who, so he already won an Academy Award. I don't know. I don't think this is the, the role that should, I mean, I think maybe for playing the Marquis de Sade, but I don't feel like this is the role that he should definitely get the Oscar for, but he was very good in the movie. And Mark Ruffalo, like, I don't know, I, I really loved his performance in the movie, but I thought uh, I didn't like the way the screenplay treated that character. That's that's all I'm going to say. All right, then. What, any thoughts on it at all, Ethan? Andrew Garfield, I thought, got hosed. Lack of social network love. I actually liked him better in Never Let Me Go, to tell you the truth. Um, but no, you're right. He was the heart of the social network. I think... Uh, even Arnie Hammer, Arnie Hammer, yeah, Arnie Hammer. I would have, I, w- I wouldn't have minded had he been he been nominated because that that performance has stayed with me. Yeah. Um, 
this is totally out of order. Uh, here we go. It's sorry. okay. Best actress. Sorry, I should have just done the. You know. No, that's how I would have read it off anyway. So don't, sorry, don't sorry. worry about it. All right. So best actress. We got nominated: Nat Benning for The Kids Are All Right, Nicole Kidman for Rabbit Hole, Jennifer Lawrence for Winter's Bone, Natalie Portman Black Swan, Michelle Williams for Blue Valentine. Wow, that's a it's a strong bunch. It really is. Um, Annette Benning has given better performances, <laughs> but that's probably just because I wasn't crazy about the movie. Um, Nicole Kidman is, I hate to say it, but I think the Academy is kind of out of love with her at the moment, um, even though I think her performance in Rabbit Hole was extraordinary. I'd give it to her for that. Jennifer Lawrence, uh, you know what? I think this is the beginning of a good thing, and that you don't necessarily yeah. have to give her the award for the first time right out. Right yeah. Um, but I think it's a good encouragement. I don't know if Natalie Portman will ever be better, and I don't <laughs> know if Michelle Williams ever be better. So um, I think Portman could get it and maybe should get it but i think i would give it to michelle williams there's one nominee on this list that i'm surprised is not here she got nominated in another category why was Haley steinfeld put down as a supporting actress when she's got just as much screen time as everyone else the stories about her character's arc i, I can't find a good reason okay so she wasn't top built big whoop <laughs> well she's the i think it's because she's a kid that's the didn't and it's her debut film, but no, you're right. Dave. But, but, but she, she's got who, more who scenes got than anybody. For, who got nominated for the piano for best actress? Was was it? It was uh, Holly Hunter and Anna Paquin. Yeah, yeah. Just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah. So it's happened. It's, it's it's not like there isn't a precedent for this. I mean, granted, I think it makes her have a stronger case for the next category. But it's just like it just doesn't make sense looking at the film and looking at her character, looking at the performance. It just doesn't fit to me. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I still think Portman's gonna probably gonna walk away with it. And, you know, what the heck? She's amazing in the film. What the heck? Give it to her. I, I, I see no problem with that. I mean, I think it would be... If, if Annette Benning wins it, I'll be kind of outraged. Because <laughs> let's just let's just do the comparison. You know, getting a very short haircut and pretending to be an unhappy, you know, married lesbian. I don't think it's as hard as playing a ballerina yeah, and training... Like every week. What's that? I do that like every week. <laughs> and I don't think that's as hard as playing a ballerina training for years to play the role and then like playing this character who is a psychological open wound for two hours and where every scene is essentially a challenge as an actress. No. Comedy is hard, but it's not as hard as Black Swan. But supporting actress, the nominees are Amy Adams for The Fighter, Helen Bonham Carter for The King's Speech, Melissa Leo for The Fighter, Haley Steinfeld for True Grit, and Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom. This is interesting. I haven't seen Animal Kingdom. I've heard so oh. many times how good it is. Yeah, she, it's, it's okay. Oh, just okay? Yeah, it's good. Uh-huh. Could, Weaver, could, could Jackie Weaver sneak in and like steal this Oscar? I mean, is it, is it that kind of performance or... Yeah, she's pretty good in it, but again, I'm pissed off. Leslie Manville wasn't nominated. I like, I don't, I don't get it. Like Mike Lee movies, some of them have some of the best performances I've ever seen, like David Thewlis and Naked or Sally Hawkins and Happy Go Lucky, and they don't get nominated. Like, do they have like some vendetta against his actors? Or I'm trying to think, like, because like Topsy Turvy got a bunch of Oscar nominations. Secrets and Lies did, but no, you're right. It's like this. I guess he's like another name the Academy is just kind of cooled on, or like. They just, they kind of take for granted his brilliance. So it's like, you know, why why bother nominating him? Plus, no one saw the film. I mean, yeah, I don't get that either. <laughs> um, I'm pissed off that Barbara Hershey's not nominated for Black Swan. I'll be honest there. Um, I thought she was extraordinary. Um, Amy Adams was great in The Fighter. Amy Adams was great. Um, I really would have liked Marion Cotillard being nominated for Inception. I thought she was the heart of that film. Um, Helena Bonham Carter was great, but I think she's done much better. And I don't think she really... 
yeah, I thought she was better in Planet of the Apes, to tell you the truth. Um, that's not Ooh. a put down. She's good in that movie, but, she, you know, this, this is not her best performance. Uh, Melissa Leo, great in The Fighter. Man, that's a that's a great punch out right there, Amy and Melissa. Could, could they have just nominated all the sisters at once? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah, like nominate, like, what, 13 actresses? Um, yeah, Haley Steinfeld. I mean, don't you think she's got her whole career ahead of her? She does, but it was a heck of a performance. I thought she was awesome in that movie. All right, well, you and I are in disagreement over this. I, I just, I thought she was dazzling for like twelve minutes, and I thought it was kind of one note. Like she kind of had similar way of reciting her lines, just very, very quickly. I don't know. Like I thought it was, it was a very good performance, but I, I it didn't really blow me away. You know, and and to be fair, the first time I saw it, I was like, it was a good movie. The second time I saw it, I was it was over. I oh, love cool. the so film. Yeah, yeah. I love the shot of uh, Jeff Bridges leaning over and firing into the camera when he's in the cave. That's like one of those iconic movie shots that I love yes. looking for. That Coen brothers and, do. And, and drinking water out of a hoof print. <laughs> That's a good monologue. <laughs> All right, uh, best director. The nominees are Darren Aronofsky for Black Swan, David O. Russell for The Fighter, Tom Hooper for The King's Speech, David Fincher for The Social Network, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen. For True Grit, wow. Like, And there's what, our five actual nominees for Best Picture. What a great, great, yeah, seriously, what a great bunch of directors. Like, some of the grittiest, edgiest, most risk-taking directors, <laughs> right? I mean, that's great. What a, I love to see these guys just get into, like, like a fight club, all-out, drag-out fist fight. I mean, that, that's a cool bunch right there. Well, the only reason I was disappointed Christopher Nolan didn't get nominated is because, did you hear the story once that David O. Russell put him in a headlock? No, I didn't know no. that. No. <laughs> At a party or something, because uh, I think Jude Law was going to be in the Prestige, and he turned down I Heart Huckabees or something. And uh, David Russell put him in a head, Nolan in a headlock until he made, he said uh, that Jude Law would have to you know switch movies. So, oh my gosh, you should have just let him win. Jude Law would have screwed up the Prestige anyway. Uh, yeah, you know I've said it. I don't think the Fighter is the best thing Russell's done. Um, although he did a fine job directing. Tom Hooper, no, I don't think he has a shot here. That's kind of a consolation prize being nominated. David Fincher has a shot because I think people have, I think people have finally come around on Fight Club and you know Zodiac and Ben Button and you know the real body of work this guy has done. Um, the Coen Brothers already got it, so I don't know if that's going to happen. So I think it's between Aronofsky and Fincher to tell you the truth. I, that I'm okay with either one. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I mean, I'd um, love to see Aronofsky finally win it. I think Aronofsky should get it. Um, yeah, just because I have a preference of Black Swan over Social Network, but yeah, yeah, what the heck? Uh, documentary feature nominees are Exit Through the Gift Shop, Gasland, Inside Job, Restropo, and Wasteland. I, love the I was just thinking, okay. if Exit the Gift Shop, let's say like a year from now, let's say it wins, and a year from now some Banksy comes out, it's like yeah, it was fake. Do they have to do like a Millie Vanilli and like take away the Oscar or? Oh, for Pete's question. sake! I mean, I think documentaries can be fake. I mean, I, you know, it's just like just like some movies. And just ask Michael fake. Moore. Oh. oh, I mean, for Pete's sake! I mean, I'm sure there've been documentaries that have since like been like, oh, like they're outdated or like they have information that ended up not being true. Um, I think a movie could still fit under that category. I mean, documentary I think is more about presentation than factfulness. Um, the thing that makes me happy about Exit to the Gift Shop being nominated is the fact that we've got a, a best documentary nominee that's not about a Holocaust or a genocide <laughs> or mass disease or <laughs> the world coming to an end or you know it's Inside Job was some people's pick for best picture. Um, I, I think it was either Time or Newsweek they said it was the best picture of the year. And Restropo has been you know streaming like crazy on Netflix, so people have seen that one. I don't know about Gasland and Wasteland, but it seems like Exit Through the Gift Shop really is the popular favorite. So that's a good shot. 
Um, should I skip documentary shorts? Probably, because yeah. right. any of us saw them. I mean, you know. Uh, Killing in the Name, Poster Girl, Strangers No More, Sun Come Up, The Warriors of Queen Gang? No. No? Okay. No, no. Animated feature. The nominees are How to Train Your Dragon, The Illusionist, and Toy Story 3. I'm looking forward to The Illusionist. I think that opens here next week. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, I just, you know, it, there's no doubt that How to Train Your Dragon brought DreamWorks to a new level. It just doesn't compare, though. Yeah, I think this is what they'll give Toy Story 3 because they're not going to give it Best Picture. So, Yeah. Same old story. Four language from the nominees are the aforementioned beautiful Dogtooth. This is interesting. That Dog was surprising. Day. That's a shock. I would, man, if that thing wins, I'd be so happy. In a Better World, Denmark, Incendies from Canada, and Outside the Law from Algeria. So, I've been meaning to see Incendies. I'll uh, maybe go this week. It's playing here, so. Did the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo get actually submitted by Sweden? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I still think Numi Rapace not being nominated was pretty ridiculous, though. Wait, like, so, wait, we submitted for best TV movie? Oh, come on. Okay, the direction wasn't great, but the performances were extraordinary. Come on. Did you finish it, or I thought you gave up I on it? 20 minutes of it and turned it off, because I was like, <laughs> I have better things to do. <laughs> the acting was good. The story's good. To I, be fair, I did that with watching, trying to, trying to watch The Monkey's Head yesterday, so... The monkey's head? You know, head by the monkeys. Oh, head by the monkeys. I'm sorry. I, like I love it. that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. I will finish it, but it that was wow. I don't know what I was expecting, but that was not. Well, you gotta so like, get another shot. I'm you gotta drink Tang shot. and eat Cheetos while you're watching it. You know, you gotta be in that. Or that, trip some acid. No, no, you don't need trip acid. No, just Cheetos, some Tang. You know, wear a tie dye shirt. You're good. You're good. Oh, okay. Uh, best original. Wait, wait, I would say Uncle Boonmi didn't get nominated either. That, that you're right. Surprise. Yeah, that was best picture at Con. You're absolutely right. That was a surprise. Best original screenplay nominees are Mike Lee for another year, a um, bunch of people for The Fighter, Christopher Nolan for Inception, uh, Lisa Chaladenko. Cholodenko, that is the director of Kids Are All Right, and Stuart Blumberg for The Kids Are All Right, and David Seidler for The King's Speech. It's, it seems weird. I, I'm going to mention another category here. They nominate the worst aspect of Inception, the screenplay, but not the best, which is the editing. I don't think the screenplay that was that bad. That movie, that was the way it was fashioned. The dialogue is heavy on exposition because without that, it would be a be a two and a half hour what WTF. Well, it's not cinema, though. It yes, makes my cinema. ears bleed listening to it. It's cinema. They're talking. They're talking about the logic of what they're doing. Without that, you wouldn't it's have a movie to listen to. It's like excruciating to listen to. It's good dialogue. Some of it's very passionate, especially when we're talking about the sense of loss, the sense of memory, and the sense of it's what it so means to be on alive. the nose. It, like it, it's not passionate because it's just way too heavy-handed. What's funny is the more you talk about this movie, Ethan, the more you hate it. I can hear it. <laughs> I very much like the part where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is floating and kicking that guy's ass. I love it. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's not a deep or complex or thought-provoking one. It's a fun, clever action movie. Oh, I completely no disagree. No problem with that. All right. Best adopted screenplay. The nominees are Danny Boyle and Simon Bufoy for 127 Hours, Aaron Sorkin for The Social Network, a um, couple people for Toy Story 3, the Coen brothers for True Grit, and two people for Winter's Bone, including the director, Deborah Granick. That is who directed that film, Deborah Granick. Now, I forget, why, what was the justification for Toy Story 3 being an adapted screenplay? Because it was going to be made as a straight-to-DVD movie? or I don't but know. But it's still... Isn't it because characters that were used before or something? Huh. I guess. That I mean, it's possible. I, mean, I, don't, I don't care as long as it's nominated, but it's just it's an odd place to put it, I thought. Yeah, yeah. it seems like... 
Aaron Sorkin will probably get it. He's currently the yeah. favorite, although... I think it's... And it's well-deserved, too. True Grit could sneak in, though. This could be the True Grit Oscar. I uh, really see Sorkin walking away with this. With, I with, love With the this. love affair that everyone yeah. has with the West Wing. That's true. That's true. And I, I love Winter's Bone. I don't know if it's going to get it, but I would love it for be, to be a dark horse. I thought that was a terrific, tremendous story. Uh, best cinematography. Uh, let's try that again. Best cinematography. The nominees are Black Swan, Inception, The King's Speech, Social Network, and True Grit. Um, Deacons. Yeah. 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 I gotta say, it was really it's a beautiful. Gorgeous movie. Um, though I Black Swan and Inception also. Um, Social Network is not a bad looking movie or a bad movie for that matter. Um, I just don't think this is quite the award to give it. And The King's Speech is an eyesore of a film. <laughs> it, I mean, it's interesting sets. Look, look, great sets. I mean, look, it, it's done the way it's supposed to be done, but I mean, it's... It's it's not a movie people are going to remember for the cinematography. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Um, best makeup. The nominees are Barney's Version, The Way Back, and The Wolfman. What a weird, <laughs> what a weird bunch of movies. That was that, 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 that set of, of nominees was, someone's got to win, where's the dartboard? Uh, I mean, Rick Baker did the Wolfman effects. He's the first person to ever win the Academy Award for an American Werewolf in London for for best makeup. I mean, the award was invented for him. Um, I think it would be fine if he wins it. I think it would be interesting if that movie would win an Oscar. Barney's version is there makeup in that film? I've seen I've seen uh, Dustin Hoffman in the makeup. I mean, it looks like a Halloween job. And then the way back, I mean, yeah, very effective makeup. I mean, it made it look all the actors look like they've been through hell. Um, this is I don't know. This it's a weird batch right there. What about Black Swan? Um, I mean, there's there's good makeup in Black yeah. Swan. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm 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 saving my ire. There's one category that will be coming up that I I will save my ire for. You're saving your ire. All right. Yes. All right. All right. So anyway, go Rick Baker. Best art direction. The nominees are Alice in Wonderland, Harry Potter and the Deathly uh, and the Deathly Hallows Part One, Inception, King's Speech, and True Grip. Alice in Wonderland, really? That's all. That's all, dude in a computer. Yeah, well, it, it's 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 pretty much the typical Tim Burton esque set design, art direction. Well, I mean, Yippee. I don't know by that logic, like because didn't Avatar win this last year? Like by that logic, Tron Legacy should be up for this. Tron Legacy had great fake sets. Exactly. But oh. that would mean I don't. Oh, for Pete's sake, just give it to True Grit. You know, they're, they're recreating a historical era that is long gone. They created these big, beautiful sets that look great. What the heck? Yes. Uh, should I mention animated short film and live action short film? Or? I'm, nah. Night All right. On to visual effects. As a kid, this is always my favorite category. This is the one. This is the one. This Alice the in one. Wonderland, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, Hereafter, Inception, Iron Man 2. No love for Scott Pilgrim, seriously? Scott Pilgrim and Tron Legacy. No yeah. Tron Legacy. That uh, I find that very disappointing. Iron Man Two. It's basically the effects that we saw in Iron Man One, which is I imagine uh, Tron got snubbed because of that uh, de-aged Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I you could, could see be that. right. You absolutely could be right. Alice in Wonderland was a hugely popular movie. Harry Potter again, hugely hugely popular though. It's not that much in the line of visual effects. No, like with the second movie, they created Dobby, and that was like a real breakthrough at the time. Like that should have been up. Um, you know how I feel about Inception. Hereafter, I would give it to Hereafter because that special effects sequence was so amazing. I think it's one of the best things about that movie. Um, so I'd give it to Hereafter just based on that, although I thought everything done in Inception was great. But uh, lack, of, lack of Scott Pilgrim is just... that That's a surprise. Because so, it's not one of the most interesting visual films made in a long time. And, and I would even say best film editing, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, costume design, Alice in Wonderland, I Am Love, The King's Speech, The Tempest, and True Grit. 
Um, well, you know, I shouldn't say anything because I know Ethan's just waiting to pounce. But uh, no love for Robin Hood here. I thought this was a <laughs> this was a kid for Robin Hood. Um, yeah, no Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know I what? Just don't care. I've heard the, I heard the Tempest is truly, truly bad. Yeah, really bad. Um, but uh, what the heck? Um, the, I don't even remember the costumes in I Am Love. I remember the lack of costumes. I remember a lot of naked Tilda Swinton. I don't really remember the costumes. Um, True Grit. I didn't think the costumes were that impressive, but you know, maybe that's maybe that's a sign of so a good costume. You don't and, notice and it. And then yeah, and then you got British costumes. So and then Allison. I don't know. Maybe maybe Alice in Wonderland. I don't know. Who yeah. cares? Film editing. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, some, that of these, some of the categories are just like, yeah. Because, you know, I mentioned this not just because I have a ridiculous love for the movie. I'll admit that. But, like, I thought the costumes in Robin Hood were really great. Really great. All right. Film editing. 127 Hours. Black Swan. The Fighter. King's Speech. Social Network. Kind of the same stuff nominated over and over again. Um, I would say Oliver Stone's Wall Street 2. I thought that would have been a good pick. I thought it had fine editing. Not a good ending. I'll admit the ending blue, but but good editing. Um, 127 hours. I thought you know, very good editing for that type of film. Black Swan, solid, solid. Yeah, melt together seamlessly. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of yeah. And you know, and I've. I mean, this is just a personal preference. I'm not crazy about the format of uh, the Social Network. How the how the story was kind of told out of out of order the way it was I think it would have been fine just being straightforward but but then again you would have had a lot more talking during the last 20 minutes if you had done it that way so um, I don't know any thoughts on this I this is the one category where Inception should be nominated Ah, uh, I will remember you said that the nominees <laughs> for Sound Mixing Inception The King's Speech Salt The Social Network and True Grit Sound Mixing well uh, the sounds of horses, uh, hooves was very good in True Grit. The sound of keyboards typing in the social network was great. All the gunshots and salt were sweet. All the sound of uh, of, of Colin Firth stammering was awesome. So I'll give it to Inception. Um, best sound editing, uh, Inception, Toy Story 3, Tron Legacy, True Grit, Unstoppable. Woo, woo, chugga, 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 chugga. Um, give it to Tron. Come on. That movie was, if nothing else, it was a technical tour de force. Give it the one Oscar it's up for. Give it to Tron. Come on, Academy. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> that movie doesn't have a prayer. It's true. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? We're at Best Original Score. The nominees are 127 Hours, How to Train Your Dragon, Inception, The King's Speech, and The Social Network. Well. Wow. I think it's got to go to social network. It's got it to go to the social network. It's either it social network or boom. Hey, I like that music. I, I like do, it. I do too, but it's still boom. <laughs> it's part of the design of the film. It's brilliant. It absolutely is, but it's still that sound. I won't do it again. Just not, that's not the only sound. It was an exciting score. 127 hours, I really don't remember the score at all. Time has passed, and people are just dumping all over Inception. Yeah, no, I don't remember I, the score at 127 hours. I don't remember this, the music to How Do You Train Your Dragon either. No, no. Um, the King's Speech, I don't remember that music either. So, um, Best original song, the nominees are If I Rise from 127 Hours. There was a song in that film? Yeah, th- this is a, this is one where I'm just, I don't care. Okay, uh, Coming Home from Country Strong. Good song? It's okay. I, Do you remember the song in the movie? or Vaguely. Okay, <laughs> just, I had to ask. It's, it's, yeah. um, I See the Light from Tangled. Yeah, good. Uh, the music was one of the saddest things in the movie. Oh. Yeah, the music, the, the music and the villain were the two downfalls of Tangled. Outside of it, I love Tangled. Okay. 
And finally, well, I love that we end on this note. Randy Newman nominated for We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. Well, you know, it's he's going to win. Someone's got to win it, so it's going to be Randy freaking Newman. So Toy Story 3 is official. It's going to win Best Song and Best uh, best Animated Film. Yeah. I, I would have liked to uh, rub the furry walls from Get Him to the Greek. Yes, I want that, and I want um, Pimps Don't Cry from the other guys. <laughs> I was really annoyed that it was not a – that's a great song. They played over the end credits. Ava Mendes sings it. It's a great song. I agree. That one and Rub the Furry Walls. I completely agree with Pimps you, Ethan. Pimps Don't Cry. Pimps Don't and, Cry. Uh, um, Devinger Banhart and Beck did a song for uh, Todd Solon's Life During Wartime, which was awesome. But I guess that was way too small to even be campaigned. So. You know, and it sucks. That movie never even came. I didn't get the chance to see that. I really wanted to. Um, yeah. All right. Um, is, is that the last of the, the nominees? I'm annoyed that DiCaprio and, for that matter, uh, Shutter Island were completely shut out. Yeah. Because um, I'll admit, it's not, it's not Taxi Driver. It's not Raging Bull. But I thought Shutter Island was a great Scorsese yeah. film. And it should have been up for a bunch of stuff. Um, this is one of those times when a movie coming out too soon, like Zodiac, you know, a few years back, yep. just kind of really plays not in the film's favor, which is a, sh- a real shame. Okay, and, and my and my last, my last, <laughs> I see you smirking last, before you even open your mouth. <laughs> my 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 last uh, ridiculous bit of love for Robin Hood. Max von Sydow has never won an Academy Award. Max von Sydow has never won an Academy Award, and he was excellent in in Robin Hood. He could have been up for Best Supporting Actor. I think he should have got it. He stole most of his scenes in the film. That movie didn't get any love, but the fact that he's never been never won an Academy Award, I find that offensive and ridiculous. I think the biggest snub here is Enter the Void, not nominated for cinematography, editing, sound design, visual effects. Like, because it's so above basically every other movie in terms of those. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'm trying to think, because, like, you know, Black Swan, the fact that Black Swan is on its way right now to getting over $100 million, I think that is something of a miracle and a wonderful thing, because who would have thought? I yeah. Mean, I seriously, like, walking out of the theater with you, Dave, and would you imagine we just no. saw, like, a $100 million grossing movie? No, and like, I love the movie. Yeah, and I love it, too, but who would have thought? Not in a million years. Enter the, Enter the Void, like, I can't even... You know, I can't even imagine that movie like having like one of those Fox Search like campaigns that would work. And and you know, and and I really like the film a lot. I really really do. But uh god, like I I can't even ima- imagine members of the Academy giving it a chance after like 20 minutes, you know. Um <laughs> but no, I agree with you. And especially best visual effects. I thought the visual effects in that movie were incredible. And I think some of the effects in that movie may make the Academy uncomfortable. But yeah, cinema photography was extraordinary. Um, the editing and yeah no technically it, it you're right it towers almost every major movie that came out this year so so we'll take a little time we'll figure out what we actually want what we actually think we'll win and we'll, we'll talk about that before the actual oscars happen and stuff. that's true yeah we do have about a month to figure this out so yeah yeah and ethan unfortunately had to take off at the uh we got as far as we could we got through the main topic which is awesome but uh, let's go ahead and talk about what's hitting theaters this weekend sir <clears throat> let's see this weekend you've got uh, the remake of Single White Female starring uh, Minka Kelly and Leighton Meester directed by Christian E. Christensen that would be The Roommate you just love saying Leighton Meester <laughs> a lot <laughs> I do like saying the name Meester. Leighton Meester. Uh, yeah, the remake of Single White Female. So I'm, I'm betting that's going to be really, really bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's – well, I don't know. That's the movie I've been clamoring to have remade. Well, this is the same production company that gave us the remake of The Stepfather, so I'm not expecting good things. <laughs> Fair me, enough. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, I'm, I'm going to see this thing, so we'll see. Um, be very careful, listeners. Uh, James Cameron did not direct this movie. He is the producer of this film, Sanctum. 
Um, they put it all, his name all over the, the trailer, but he is truly the, the producer and the overseer of the film, but he did not make this film. Yes. And I think uh, once we see the movie, we'll understand why he didn't make it. In limited release, Halle Berry in Frankie and Alice. This was supposed to be an Oscar movie. Frankly, I'm glad it isn't because I'm kind of over Halle Berry, to tell you the truth. Are you? I am, yeah. <laughs> Just now? Uh, in general, I think. Um, yeah, I think she's kind of an overrated, under-talented actress. Just kind of squeak by. And you're just realizing this movies. now. No, no, no. I just, I, 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 this was supposed <laughs> to be like her big comeback Oscar movie, and I'm just kind of glad it didn't happen. I don't know why. I just, she kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. You know, she wins Best Actress, and then she does Catwoman. <laughs> that hurt, Hallie. I, clearly, I need to get over my issues. The other Natalie Portman movie currently in theaters, as if there aren't enough Natalie Portman movies currently playing, The Other Woman, starring Natalie Portman. All right. So there's that. And available this week, uh, next week, rather, on DVD, you've got You Again. You saw this, Dave. I did. Do you yeah. remember it? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I have to remember. I'm like, which it's, one was it's that? It's Jamie Lee Curtis, it's, it's the Kristen, Kristen Bell, Bell movie that didn't Betty suck White. last year. Okay, the the other one. Okay, yeah, yeah, the the, the good Kristen Bell movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Um, it's not going to blow your mind. It's not going to challenge you. It's a great movie for your folks to watch. Like I told my folks, hey, you should go see this movie, and they had a blast at this movie. Oh, that's good. It's a good time. It's a fun movie. It's harmless. You know, it's just good to even know what those movies are to like have those like pull from your Rolodex. Like, yeah, you again. That'll work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Life as we know it with Josh Jumel and Catherine Heigl. That's not a winning combination. I don't know what is. Mm. I have another. Sp- Actually, Tracy any other Hepburn. combination. Any combination. Any combo. Yeah. Any combo. Yahoo Serious and and Diane Cannon, uh, any combo. Yahoo Serious and Tom Green, and that'd be a, I'd see that movie right <laughs> yeah, now. I would too. For co- for Color Girls, it was originally called Four Color Girls, but now it's For Color Girls. This is the new film by Tyler Perry. It's got everybody from Tenny Newton to Janet Jackson. Very very mixed reviews. I've heard a few critics say this this actually kind of squeaked down to the best film of the year list, and I've heard a lot of critics say the exact opposite. So I'm <laughs> I'm really curious about this one. I will see because I for the most part I like Perry's films. Um, the remake of I Spit on Your Grave. The unrated. Yeah, yeah. as if, as, well, isn't that the version they released in theaters? Yeah. Yeah. So, if you've seen it once, don't need to see it again. In fact, if you've seen the original, why would you see this? Um, I like this film. Um, Paranormal Activity too. you know what? It, it was scary. Okay, that's all you really need. Yeah, it's, it's not art, (laughs) but it was scary, so. Uh, Doctor Who the Movie with Paul McGann. The special edition. This is kind of a shocker that this is coming out because there was question about whether this was even part of the canon or not. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. I, I might have to watch this. A Fox TV movie of Doctor Who. <laughs> when did this come out? I don't even remember. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've never seen this myself. Curious. Yes. Another one Dave saw. It's kind of a funny story. Sums it up right there. <laughs> Instant review. Yeah. If you don't want to watch a movie that completely marginalizes mental illness, don't watch this movie. Oh, man. Another one of those. What was yeah. the other one I saw? Oh, yeah. K-Pax. K-Pax did that, too. Yeah. It's like, they're wacky because they're mental. Uh, the Romantics. This was supposed to be a big movie. Um, it, it, it was supposed to have a big release. Now it's going straight to the DVD. wonder what that means. It stars Malin Ackerman and Katie Holmes. It's a big ensemble cast. The Romantics. So... Approach with caution, I guess. Blu-ray watch this week. You've got Edward Six, Edward's Wick, sorry, Legends of the Fall with Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins. That's going to be beautiful in Blu-ray. The 20th anniversary edition of Film and Louise. Can't believe it's been 20 years. Great, great film. One of Ridley Scott's best. Take that, Ethan. Uncle Buck. What a, what a cheap shot. He's not even here to defend no himself. No kidding, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm cheap that way. Uncle Buck, uh, one of John Candy's best vehicles. Great film. Well, I think it's a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. 
The River Wild, Curtis Hansen's thriller, one of the few times you'll ever see uh, Meryl Streep as an action hero up against Kevin Bacon. Uh, I think it's a great movie. I like The River Wild. It's fun. It is. Uh, and also on Blu-ray, The en- uh, Enchanted, I almost said The Enchanted, Enchanted with, with Amy Adams. It's going to be a good-looking movie. Um, speaking of good-looking movies, Red uh, Robert Redford's A River Runs Through It. That's a gorgeous film, one of the early uh, Brad Pitt films. And a film that doesn't deserve to be on Blu-ray, DVD, or anywhere, uh, uh, Pamela Anderson's Barbed Wire. Available for the first wow, time. Wow, barbed wire. You seen barbed wire? No. Don't. Um, I've heard I need to see Tank Girl because I, I, I used to, when I was a kid I used to get the two mixed up, but they came out. I think they came out the same year. So yeah, like based off random comics, blondes in it. Yeah, that would be an unholy double feature. Although, let's see. I heard Tank Girl's kind of fun. Tank Girl. Tank Girl has Ice T as the king of the kangaroos and barbed barb wire. <laughs> barbed wire has Udo Kier. So I don't know. I think we'll have to watch those two back to back just once. Wild Target. This is a movie that that didn't happen, and I thought it would. It had an interesting trailer. It's with Bill Nye, um, Emily Blunt, and Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. Uh, Gint. Ripper Grint. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. It's okay. That's all right. You're giving yeah. us a frame of reference. It's a, it's it's a Harry Potter spinoff film. No, it's a comedy about a hitman. So, um, one of last year's worst movies, but man, I had such a fun time seeing it. I will be watching this movie a lot every October. That's Wes Craven's My Soul to Take. One of the worst movies I think I've ever seen in my life and one of the funniest movies of 2010. <laughs> Give me more of my soul to take. My goodness. Um, also available on DVD, Stephen Freer's Tomorrow Drew. I've heard good things about that. A sexy comedy from the director of uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Middleman, uh, one of the two bad films about um, about the sex industry. Uh, Middleman stars Luke Wilson and Giovanni Ribisi. And finally, I don't know if I'd say it's our crap title of the week, but um, I don't know anyone who liked it. Uh, the not the unrelated sequel to Repo Man called Repo Chick from Alex Cox. Alex Cox, who gave us Repo Man um, and, and other films that I really like, like Walker. He directed, wrote and directed this film. It stars Rosanna Arquette. Even though it's called Repo Chick, it's not connected in any way to his Repo Man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. There you have it. Bunch of crap. Some decent stuff. <laughs> Lots of crap. Yeah, yeah. It's, like it's, it's the January movie season, and so we're getting like the October movies that were also in theaters. Yeah, yeah, but still no sign of Joe Dante's hole. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you know what the deal with that is? Or? No idea. I need to look into it because such a good movie. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's one thing if it's like like this movie, you know, the Romantics, where it's a stinker or whatever. But like the hole has been like slowly, quietly traveling to film festivals worldwide. Everybody says it's one of the best 3D it movies. Is. Period. I didn't see it in 3D because it was a home video release. But still, dude, yeah. Um, yeah, he'll have to borrow it at some point. Anyhow, I have no idea what we're talking about next week. We'll figure it out. We'll make it up as we go along. No idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll have a reaction to the Razzie nomination. You know, let's talk ever so briefly. I don't care about the Razzies anymore. How come? It's, it's kind of like, man, I'm trying to think of a politically Don't you want Robert to Pattinson to be punished for Remember Me and the Twilight movies? That, yeah, he was but, double nominated this yeah, year. Yeah, but... That didn't make you happy? It made me no, happy. just the whole concept of the Razzies, it's... Man, I'm trying to think of what's not hurtful, mean spirited, Ricky Gervais esque. It'd be kind of like making fun of like Cameron Diaz's brother, and there's something about Mary. You know, it's just <laughs> it's just not fair. Look, we know these movies blow. Um, I don't see a whole lot of point in bringing much more attention to them anymore. It just seems a little bit juvenile, and I don't know why. But, it but it's just revenge. Kinda... It's you know the, the the guy who founded it sees it as revenge. You know, it's like yeah, the but last everyone knows jab these movies the... suck. But it's also cool when they actually show up and you actually hear them give speeches. 
Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Halle Berry gave a great speech for Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. Um, one last thing before we get out of here. There's a bit of Starfest news. As guests come out, I'll start announcing them here on the site. Uh, we've got Mark Shepard just got confirmed. You will know him as Badger and Firefly, as Crowley and Supernatural, as I forget the lawyer's character's name, but he was in Battlestar Galactica, the series. Wow. He plays, um, shoot, Sterling in Leverage. Freaking awesome. I can't wait to meet this guy. He's done a lot of stuff. He is one of the best character actors in sci-fi working right now, as far as I'm concerned. Like, maybe possibly working, period, but he's just... Every time he's on the screen, I love watching the man work, so... <coughs> That's great. And we've got <laughs> listeners coming out to Starfest this year. It's going to be a good time. We're great. Blast. You should come out. You can check out more information at starland.com. When is it again? It's, it's... April 15th through the 17th. Thank you. Yes. And uh, Chris from the Twisted Geeks and Billy Flynn from... Geek Radio Daily are coming out, and we're just going to have a heck of a good time. Sounds good. And I'm hosting a special presentation of Battle Royale. That'll you be are. That'll be interesting. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, let's go ahead and take a break. Well, not a break. A week-long break, if you will. I don't know. It's time. I had it's a li- January. I Screw had a, this month. I'm so glad this month is over. I had a late poker game, so don't mind me. It's all good. Yeah. Well, Dave, you are the master of poker. You're one of the rounders, man. Well, I don't know about that, but, yeah. not Especially after last night. I sucked up. Yeah. All even rounders have one bad night. There you go. Yeah. But until next week, let's try that again. This is Dave. This is Barry. Ethan loves you. Jack would love you, but you know, stupid Vince Spawn keeps getting in the way. 